Hey everybody, good morning. It's attorney Sean Brennan with the Accident Recovery Team and I'm here with Drew Stedman and we're going to talk a little bit today about sort of the end of a litigated case and you know sometimes um, sometimes the case doesn't get resolved, right? And, and you got to sue somebody and that process of filing that lawsuit usually ends in a trial. But before a case goes to trial, it's not unusual. In fact, sometimes it's required that a case get mediated. And so we want to talk a little bit about that mediation process today to sort of explain to people what it is, give people a flavor for how it works. And um, the, the reason Drew is joining me here today is that Drew handles a lot of our litigation along with myself. He does mediations routinely. Uh, he's experienced in doing those, and he's got a good knowledge base about how those mediations work. So, um, Drew, it's fair to say that the majority of cases settle before you need to sue somebody. Fair? Yeah, I would say that's fair. Yeah. And of the cases where you do need to sue somebody, though, what do you think? Probably 80 or 90 percent of those cases wind up in mediation at some point. Yeah, I would say I would agree with that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that mediation process just to introduce the idea of it, okay? So there are, in in the state of Kansas, there are a certain number of attorneys who serve as mediators. And why don't you talk, Drew, just a little bit about how one of those mediators gets selected to work on a particular claim? Yeah, so ultimately what will happen is is that we will either suggest to opposing counsel or they will suggest to us uh, two to three, uh, maybe more mediators um, who either we've used in the past or they've used in the past. Um, we will then, both sides have to agree on a mediator, select that mediator, and then and utilize them. Um, there are some mediators that that we tend to use a lot more than others because we have a lot more experience with them, um, and there are some mediators that we've that we've never used before just because we don't have any experience with them. Um, you know, different mediators will work better for different cases. Right, right, and you know, you want to try and find a mediator who has a legal practice that exposes him or her to the kind of case you're dealing with. So for example, if you're mediating a medical malpractice case, you would want a mediator who has handled, as an attorney, medical malpractice cases. Right, because it'd be the same thing as you don't want to go talk to uh, you know your business attorney about your criminal matter. You don't want to come talk to your you know, criminal attorney about your family matter or something like that if they don't handle that type of case. Yeah, you want to find somebody who's got a good knowledge base. Right. So after a mediator has been selected, after the attorneys on each side have talked and they've agreed upon a mediator, that next step then is giving the mediator background information so that he or she understands a little bit about the case before they show up, right? Correct. So let's talk a little bit about that process. How does how is that information communicated to a mediator? So ultimately, the mediator will send out a letter saying, hey, send me A, B, and C um, about about the case that I'm going to be mediating. Because ultimately, the while you as the attorney is going to be the most knowledgeable person um, in the room other than your client, uh, the mediator needs to be brought up to speed about what your positions are and what your client's positions are and what they need to know in order to go back and forth um, and fight for your cause in the other room. Because ultimately, while they are a neutral third party, you are going to be giving them information that's going to either 
that's going to increase the value of your case in the other room. Yeah, you want to arm them with some information so that when they go into the other room and they're talking to the insurance adjuster, they're talking to the wrongdoer, they can sort of advocate for you right. in, that, in that room. And if you give them the information to advocate for you, it does nothing but increase the value, value of your claim. Right. Okay. So on a, the day of a mediation, the day the mediation actually happens, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think there's sort of a perception out there that a mediation is kind of like a trial. It's not. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> mediation is a very informal process. There's not a ton of rules that apply. There's not, um, you know, objections being made. There's no testimony, anything like that. The mediation generally is going to start out with the injured person, the plaintiff and their attorney in one room, and the defendant, the person who caused the accident or caused the wrong, and their attorney in another room. And that mediator is going to, during the course of the day, go back and forth between those two rooms, talking to both parties, right? Right. And... As they do that, they're gathering information. But here's the important thing. They're also sharing their opinion about the case. And I think that's an important thing for people to hear. Because until that mediation, the only information that most people have about their claim is what they've heard, one, from their attorney. And two, what they may have heard from friends or colleagues or you know, their aunt or uncle who had a case a few years ago. And some of that information that you get third hand isn't always the most reliable information. Right. So we always encourage people to listen to what the mediator has to say because that person is knowledgeable about the case. They've got the facts of the case and they're knowledgeable about how these things oftentimes play out in a courtroom. Right. So when... That process is going on when the mediator is going back and forth, talking to both sides about the good and the bad of their claim. If you're the person who's been hurt, that can be a hard process, right? And, and, and it can be hard because the mediator is not always in the room telling you all the great things about your claim. They're in there telling you the great things about your claim, but also telling you some of the not so great things about your claim. And that can be a hard thing to hear, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the mediator's job is um, if, if they just went to the other side and told them how amazing their claim was and that they were, there's no way that a jury was going to find them uh, negligent. And they just came to the plaintiff and said, oh, here's how amazing your case is. There's no way that you're going to lose. There's no way that there'd be any type of movement on either side. Um, because the mediator not only is going back and forth and, and, telling you how, you know, maybe the bad parts of your case, but they're also telling the defendant um, or the person who injured you how bad their case is and what a jury could do to them. Um, the mediator is also judging people by, you know, the way they, the way they're dressed, the way they talk, how a jury could, could perceive them. Um, right. Because if you have a defendant on the other side who is, you know, just out of, out of, out of left or right field and, and, no one's going to like, <laughs> then the mediator is going to say, Hey, you know, and explain that to the, explain that to the, uh, 
the, the attorney on the other side that, hey, you have a client who the jury's not going to like. And if the jury's not going to like your client, uh, ultimately, you know, there could be a surplus of uh, judgment um, because the jury could just be mad at them. It makes a difference. Right. Yeah. I mean, the mediator's opinion of how you behave during a mediation makes a difference. Right. Because if the mediator walks out of that room and he thinks, boy, whether it's the plaintiff or the defendant, that person's kind of a jerk. Yeah. In the mediator's mind, the value of that case has gone up or gone down depending upon you know who it is who's misbehaving. Right. So the, the way you talk, the way you carry yourself, all those things matter in yeah. the course of a mediation. Because ultimately, even though the jury's not supposed to be able to take it into account, it's human nature to uh, to feel bad for somebody or to not like somebody or to like somebody. Right. Um, you know, ultimately, you no, know, not a lot of people are just indifferent towards other people. I mean, right. if you meet somebody and you're only going to have a few days to you know, put your impression upon them and probably only a few hours on the stand to give them your impression. The jury's going to understand that and they're going to take that, you know, in later on. So the mediator's going to understand that they're going to spend hours with you. And if, and if they think that you're, you know, being ridiculous and that's the way you're going to act in front of the jury, that that could hurt your claim. Or if they think you're the nicest person in the world and, and whatnot, then that's going to, you know, that's going to help your claim. Yeah. We always tell people to be themselves though. We don't want you to come in and act like somebody you're not. Um, but we certainly don't want you to come in and, uh, and be mean to, to a, a mediator whose job it is to try to get your uh, case resolved. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing a mediator is doing, in addition to explaining the good and the bad of each case, the mediator is also essentially carrying dollars back and forth. So after the mediator has a conversation with the plaintiff about the good and the bad of their claim, that mediator is going to say, hey, let's make a settlement offer to these people that I can take in there and talk to them about. And so the plaintiff will then make a settlement offer. The mediator will take that offer into the other room and he'll say to the insurance company, hey, look, the plaintiff has some good aspects to their case. They've got this thing going for them. They've got that thing going for them. And you, insurance company, have got some things to worry about. You've got this thing to worry about and that thing to worry about. So he's going to educate them on the good and the bad of their claim. And after that education, he's going to say to them, look, in light of everything I've told you, the plaintiff is offering you a settlement of X dollars. And you guys need to respond to that. And then the insurance company will make some kind of a counter response. They'll make some sort of an offer to the mediator. The mediator will then take that back into the plaintiff's room and they'll say, look, the defendant was not willing to pay you the X dollars that you offered, but they are willing to pay you this. And as the day goes on, that process will go on, right? Right. Back and forth, the mediator will take offers of settlement to each side until you get to a point where you can meet on a number. And if you meet at a number, then the case is settled. Right. If you don't meet on a number, then you're headed for a jury trial. Yep. And ultimately during mediation, um, some people like mediation more because if you let this go to a jury trial, you don't know what that jury is going to do. Um, at least you have the peace of mind if it is resolved during mediation um, that you resolved it. You resolved it. It's done. And you know how much money is getting in your pocket. It was your decision to resolve right. it. Once you leave a mediation and it's unsuccessful, the decision as to what's going to happen is out of your hands. Right. It's on to 12 people who you don't know and who don't know you and who are just going to you know, probably pull a number out of thin air and determine this is the amount of damages right. that, uh, that John Q. Plaintiff gets. And it might be a good number. It might be a bad number. Right. So the 
one of the misconceptions is that during the course of a mediation that the mediator has authority to make people settle the case. And that's not true, right? right? I mean, the only thing a mediator can do is the mediator can suggest settlement offers, can suggest dollar figures, can discuss the facts, the good and the bad. The mediator can't force you to do anything, right? Right. And the mediator can't be can't force you to do anything. And, and on the other hand, too, a mediator can't be called to trial. So if you tell the mediator something during mediation or the defendant tells the mediator something during me- mediation, he's not allowed to be called and testify because all media all mediations are confidential. Good point. Yeah, it's a, the whole process is confidential. Right. And not only is everything that gets said during the mediation confidential, but the fact the mediation even happened in the first place right. is confidential. <laughs> so you you can't go to trial and say, hey, members of the jury, you know, this this person made a settlement offer of $25,000 two weeks ago during a mediation. That can't happen, right? Likewise, you the defendant couldn't stand up in trial and say, hey, this injured plaintiff said they would only take $30,000 two weeks ago. That can't happen. Right. Right. So the mediation process has its benefits in that it allows, I think, both parties to get a further education about their claim. Fair? Right. And it also puts the parties in the driver's seat as to how the claim is going to resolve. Yeah. And if you go to a jury trial, you are not in the driver's seat. You're, you're, you're not in the car. You're, you're watching what happens from the sidelines as these 12 jurors try and make a decision. You've got some ownership over the process in a mediation. You don't have a lot of ownership or a lot of control if you go to a jury trial. Right. Now, some cases simply need to be tried. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, some cases are not going to resolve. There's too many disputes. Uh, and for whatever reason, it's not going to get done. So, you know, there are still cases that have to go in front of a jury. But mediation, I think, is always a good step to see if you can shortchange the process a little bit and get your case concluded. Save some money because you're not having to pay your doctor or whoever it is to show up at trial and testify. Right. And eliminate some of that risk. Eliminate some of the unknown of what might happen if you go to trial. Yeah. So, you know, I think Drew and I are both big believers in the mediation process. I think it is generally a beneficial process for people who go through it. And I think most people who go through it are happy that they did. I mean, at least that's my experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think that people feel that if if they go into mediation, they know, at least then, at the end of the day, they're making the decision. Should I take X dollars or should I go ahead and roll the dice and, and go to trial? And, and we'll give you our opinion throughout the process of what what we believe your case is worth and what we believe, you know, rolling the dice at, at trial is. Because ultimately, if, if we believe that you're going to get substantially more at trial, we're going to tell you to roll the dice we're and going. let's go try the case. Yeah. Um, but if we believe that that they're offering, and, and it's never a fair settlement, so I, you'll never catch me saying that, but if they're offering as much money as a jury's going to give you, we're probably going to tell you, hey, you know, we probably want to get this thing resolved. But ultimately, um, the ball's more in your court during mediation, as Sean was saying, um, than, at, than at trial where you're kind of just sitting on the sidelines watching the game. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think we've um, you know covered the important aspects of a mediation. I think people have a general understanding about that process now. If you have a question about your claim, how your claim could resolve, 
what it could resolve for, what the steps are in getting it resolved. Any of the attorneys at the Accident Recovery Team would be happy to have that conversation with you and go through the specifics of your claim. Feel free to give us a call. We're here to answer questions. That's what we do all day. We sit at our desks and we talk to people about their cases. So we're happy to do that for you. If you have a question, absolutely let us know. Contact the Accident Recovery Team. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's great having you again. We'll see you at the next podcast.